Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull the chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing? Good. I, I haven't had a long journey. I've been here this whole time. You have had a long journey. You just got back. I've had a very long journey. Very yeah. far away. <laughs> I did, yeah. So I was uh, I was at BlizzCon. If you guys uh, weren't aware, I did go to BlizzCon last weekend. It was a lot of fun. Always a good time seeing everybody. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good, really really good. Yeah, well, I'm glad you had a, a great time. I uh, was, I, you know, it's funny. Each BlizzCon, I watch it less and less, and I mm-hmm. pay attention less and less. And this year, I was uh, away as well at a bachelor party. Oh, I thought you were going to say this we- This year, I paid attention a lot and was disappointed. <laughs> no, no. I like uh, you and the rest of the internet. No, I, I, hey, we talked about this before. BlizzCon is an event for fans of the Blizzard games. And uh, I strongly stand by my point that it is a community event. And when they open their doors and... And put the cameras on for people to see that stuff. Like you have to be a super fan to spend seventy dollars Canadian to watch people uh, ask and answer questions on microphones. Mm-hmm. It, that's just what it is. And the big bombastic stuff for everyone—that's free. The opening ceremony is yeah. is free. So, um, no. But I did not pay attention to it. I was uh, I was away uh, at a bachelor party for uh, your your uh, fiance so that was my fun. lovely fiance yeah we had a great time we played lots of games uh i saw the ridiculous like power of a D map <laughs> yeah so we can talk a bit about that because i had posted photos on twitter because uh basically okay right... just before mm, before go we go too too far into that because i do think that we should talk about that because mm. i mean D is something that you have been playing but uh, before we do that, I just wanted to remind everybody that our Extra Life campaign is still going on. So you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. We are doing a stream this Saturday, November 10th. We're going from noon until midnight, possibly a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to kick it off by myself. I'm going to be playing some Hearthstone so you guys can donate and choose what decks I build or what decks I play. It's up to you. So uh, if that's something that sounds interesting, again, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to donate. And the stream will be at twitch.tv slash plays. So uh, I do hope you guys come and join us for that. I'm going to do some Hearthstone. Ryan's going to join me a little later. We're going to be doing some Heroes of the Storm. We uh, mm-hmm. might run a WoW dungeon. We're going to play some Dead by Daylight. So we've got a lot of really fun things uh, in store for you guys. So again, that is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. Now, Ryan, mm-hmm. sorry. No, that's fine. I almost ridiculous forgot. ridiculous game of D&D. <laughs> yeah. So uh, months, months and months ago, uh, we were trying to figure out what, what this bachelor party would be and we knew i think i think right from the get-go before i was even involved it's like yes dungeons and dragons gotta get mad off the off the the dm chair and throw him into the thick of it and like just chuck dice at him because that's how it works you know because he had he had a very he had a very very good time of like not not running the story (laughs) like actually playing through and that element of surprise it it was uh it was really cool because the first campaign we ran not with the super huge tower so there's essentially two two campaigns that we ran we we ran a scenario uh where and i'm not going to get into the details because i think you know there needs to be some mystery to right. to what occurs at a bachelor what party. occurred at the bachelor yeah you know. what happens at the bachelor party stays at the bachelor party <laughs> but, but there was a really cool campaign where a, a couple guys came in from a local a shop a local hobby shop they came in and they did a custom campaign they designed it solely around the fact that uh it, it was a bachelor party 
We were celebrating <laughs> the night before, uh, you know, the wedding in a, in a Dungeons and Dragons fashion. And they had a guy come in who does the story. And then, and then he had a partner who he played with and he uh, was the combat guy. So it was really cool how they kind of swapped back and forth where this one guy would tell the story. It was very, very good. And he was uh, very surprised by the amount of dick jokes around the table. <laughs> he was not prepared for that. Um, neither was I, but I, I leaned into it. It was fun, you know, like just, just really making this guest DM uncomfortable with all the dick jokes. It was, uh, it was a bachelor party. (laughs) So we had fun with that. But then the next night, uh, we actually are, we played another campaign of D and D and the interesting part was this was the most ambitious crossover ever where we took two (laughs) groups of Dungeons and Dragons and smashed them together in uh, what was a very fun and very seamless sort of uh, interaction. Not since the uh, that Marvel movie have they been able to do so, pull something <laughs> off so incredible. And well, that's uh, true because uh, for those of you who don't know, my fiance mm-hmm. Matt he runs two different D and D groups of yeah. I believe four players each. So yeah, it was it was the smashing together of these two D and D groups to create one super group. <laughs> yeah. So I, I before we started that that second campaign, I was downstairs and was looking at. I was talking to the guy, I think, uh, I think it was Andy. He had, he was building, he had this model. He had printed out a bunch of stuff and and designed it in AutoCAD and printed it on a plotter. So it was this big piece of paper with, with well-designed like grounds. And I was looking at his reference maps and it's like, oh man, that's Bolt Castle. Like I've been there. And he's like, you're the (laughs) first person who's actually been to our (laughs) reference castle. I'm like, yeah, well. You (laughs) nerds. It was really cool because he had taken Bolt Castle. So for those in like the Brockville Kingston area, if you're in, from Ontario, you you kind of you might know it's a it's a it's not really a castle. It's like a big mansion that was left abandoned, and the Americans bought it up, and they've turned it into a, a tourist attraction in the Thousand Islands. And it's this really big mansion, and they call it a castle. But what what he did was he made it to scale, uh, literally. So he laid out all four levels. And then he kind of mounted them on sort of coroplast, so like a plastic, and then kind of created these pillars with uh, paper rolls and built a, a modular castle that you could move floors off of. Um, when, when I took the photo, and I'll, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes, when, when, he, when I took that photo, we had all the layers up, but we were actually able to, as our party progressed through the castle, we were able to kind of uh take pieces off and and so we could see it a little better but it was Mm. epic when it was all put together (laughs) and just a really cool way to to visualize your characters in this in this four level dungeon so you can you can kind of see line of sight so rather than asking the dm like oh can i see him you can pretty much gauge yourself whether you can see that person because i'm a Mm. spellcaster so i'm a ranged unit and right um, yeah, we just had a lot of fun. Adam died. That was really cool. Uh, he ripped up. He ripped up his character sheet. I think he just wanted to play wow. Black Ops. He was very dramatic. Uh, and then as he's walking away, everyone's like, uh, "You get saving throws. You're not dead yet." Also, there's a cleric in the party. Wow. <laughs> so wow. we we revived him, and then we found some scotch tape, and everyone was fine. Uh, but we had a lot of fun, and, and I'm glad Matt had a lot of fun, and. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was amazing. When I saw that that castle, I was like, we have to get through. We have to do this campaign because the amount of work that went into not only the story, but also the the structure that we played on, 
was just it, I've never done anything like it. It was it was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Time. I'm glad you guys had such a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I was away. I was at BlizzCon. We're going to talk about BlizzCon a little bit later on in the show. But uh, before we talk about BlizzCon, I want to talk about what we've actually been playing. And I've been playing since I got back a whole heck of a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2. And I'm so happy that I had a couple of days of kind of downtime post BlizzCon where I could sink my teeth into this because mm-hmm. I pre-ordered it, had it ready to go, downloaded on the PlayStation, everything, and then didn't have time to actually play it before it was time to go away to BlizzCon. So I kind of hadn't touched it, got back home from BlizzCon and was like, oh man, I've got like two days where I don't have to do anything. <laughs> like my next recording is Thursday night for Gamers In. I am going to get so much Red Dead in. And I got a decent amount in, so I'm not sure how far you are, Ryan, but mm-hmm. I am, I feel like a good chunk of the way through chapter two. Right. Yeah, I've made it into chapter two. Um, I don't know what would like to me, it feels like I'm still gathering my people. They've they've kind of spread out after we 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 set down our roots. Um, I'd say maybe I'm five or six hours in. Uh, My issue is that I, I haven't had a large chunk of time to play. And every time you sit down to play, it feels like you need like an hour and a half just to get started and into that, like, you know, to get get that wagon moving, you know, through the mud. Yeah. And then eventually you're, oh, you're off to the races. Um, so I've only had a couple of opportunities to do that. But man, that, it is a slow game, but like a good slow so far. It's, yeah, it is. I find it's pretty slow. And mm. I, I don't know if it's because, like. Because everyone moseys, and, and, you know. Yeah, oh, and I don't know. If I just like haven't unlocked fast travel yet, or if I just don't know how to, how to do it, or mm. or if the if like the cinematic mode is the fast travel way, but I feel like I spend a lot of time <laughs> running from my camp to the city of Valentine, yeah. or you know, like I just I feel like I'm doing a lot of back and forth running on my horse, and it was mm. super cool the first time, but it's worn a little bit thin. Because, yeah. okay, what we actually, we talked about this with Spider-Man. Okay. They yeah. have a large open world in Spider-Man, but the traversal is so much fun that you don't really want to fast travel. Like, the only time I fast traveled in Spider-Man was to get the achievement for riding the subway, which is the fast travel system. Yeah. So, and it's funny because in Spider-Man, all of the pop-up events around the city were quite repetitive. It was, you know, like cops chasing a car or a robbery or you know somebody getting their purse stolen like all of the events in spider-man were repetitive the events in red dead redemption i don't actually think i've come across the same like road event twice but i'm bored of them already Mm -hmm. i guess like i just i wish there was a faster way for me to just get from point a to point b because riding through the area that i'm in right now for whatever reason just like riding the horse, I feel is I'm just a little bit bored with it. <laughs> yeah, the the horse riding uh, is kind of you. You have there's three modes. You can kind of control it yourself, and then there's there's e there's easy mode where you just hold the X button and and as long as you set a waypoint, the horse is fine. And then there's cinematic mode. I don't think it makes you travel any faster. It just it allows <laughs> it allows you to to kind of have differing visuals, but like. 
if you are running yeah, through the, the same area yeah, the cinematic mode i i do think that that's a really cool thing but mm. i mean i only did it a couple times like yeah it's and it, to me i'm always worried you know because it asks you to hold the the touchpad on the ps4 down until it activates and sometimes it would affect the dialogue where if the camera was way out i couldn't hear what people were saying mm. And then other times everything was fine and, and I and maybe it was a, a patch thing that got fixed. But I I really like the cinematic mode in that it gives you angles that you would never see in the sense that if you're you know, you're riding past a mountain, it will zoom out to, to show you the mountain vista. But also your, you know, your horses running along and and it was really cool. But yeah, in terms of, you know, getting from point A to point B uh, so far. I could see playing long chunks of game. You might get a little bored, you know, mm -hmm. riding your horse. Because really, the horse is not, nothing crazy is happening. You're riding a horse. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, when it comes to the horse, because that was one of my big criticisms mm. of Red Dead Redemption, because I came to Red Dead Redemption so far into its, like, development cycle. I came to it, like, two or three years after it had launched. So it was, like, behind in tech already, um and my expectations were very high because everyone had been talking about how red dead redemption was the best thing ever right so uh for me with red dead redemption 2 or sorry with red dead redemption riding the horse felt like and i've talked about this before it felt like driving a car like it felt right. like the horse had a very big hitbox and the turning radius of the horse was huge and it felt like i ran into things when visually it didn't look like i should be running into things so the riding of the horse in Red Dead Redemption was what really put me off. And I was like, I cannot traverse this landscape on foot. Like I have to ride the horse, but riding the horse is so difficult and mm -hmm. so clunky that I just don't want to do it anymore. And I gave up on Red Dead after probably maybe five hours. Like I did not put a whole bunch of time into the original game, but Red Dead Redemption 2 has gone leaps and bounds in their like i guess horse technology it really feels like your your horse bends in the middle now which it didn't used to do <laughs> it has like a tight turning radius and yep. it feels much more like it is a horse that i am riding as opposed to a car with a horse skin on it so i think that they they put a lot of what well, what no i just think that's funny i was just thinking that's about how, it like that's a, how it felt a car with a horse skin i just picture like the the dog van from dumb and dumber but it's a horse you know exactly exactly like, that's yeah. what it felt like no i agree i think the um and that's where i kind of so it's much better now it's it, much better now it is much better and and that's kind of where i i lean sort of in the middle when it comes to riding around from point a to point b like i think the way I've been playing it in small bursts, you know, one hours here, two hours, three hours there. Riding the horse, it, it is satisfying. It's not as satisfying as swinging around in New York and Spider-Man, don't get me wrong. But mm. riding that horse from point A to point B, the way I've been approaching this game is kind of like, I'm going to experience the Wild West as Arthur Morgan. And I had no, you know, Arthur Morgan being the main character, John Marsden is present in the gang. So it's weird hearing his voice again after hearing so much of it in the first one. Um, oh, is that the is that the John that he keeps calling real dumb? And... He doesn't like John. Yeah, your character okay. really dislikes John, and and uh, you know you find out, and I'm sure this has been described. This is the problem with talking about such a big video game. You've heard it described mm. millions of times already. But uh, you know John Marsden, he's there, and it's great, and and you have this sort of back and forth, you know, issue with him. Uh, the contextual way of responding to people. I don't know about you, but I've been yeah, I've been a pleasant enough guy. 
uh, mm-hmm. in the game. But there was this one moment in a story where I, I just, this guy, it was teaching you the system. So the first six hours so far, ever, ever since I started, it's been teaching you different systems to the game. And it finally got around to teaching me uh, the witness system. So if you commit a mm-hmm. crime and another guy in the distance, which is weird because like I didn't notice him before. And all of a sudden this is like, well, mister, you just broke the law and I'm going to tell on you. And he starts running <laughs> away. So I chase after him and like I had just started that mission after another mission where I just got loaded. Uh, like so I'm still hung over. So I'm like trying to chase this guy and my um they have these different cores, so my stamina core is depleted. So my stamina mm-hmm. depletes really quickly. Uh so I'm finally chasing after him and, and I and I get to him and, and you know, I threaten him and I rob him and I say, Don't you tell anyone and as soon as he turns away I just like execute the guy. I felt so bad. But I was like <laughs> I'm a cow. I'm supposed to be a villain, basically, in this game. Like you're, mm. you're not the super crazy bad guy, but you are like, you are still the bad you're guy. You're not a, you're not a good guy. You're not a good guy, and your character constantly reminds you of that in dialogue. Like he says, "I'm not a good guy," and it's like, okay, we get it, but maybe I'm a good guy. Um, yeah. So you kind of it's that push pull, but um, yeah. So you mentioned it's that really good. that six hours in, mm-hmm. you're still kind of feeling like you're in the tutorial, and I think that's been my experience as well. And I yeah. think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're playing in this big, huge, wide world, and if you just strung the tutorial quest together in terms of actual time, it's maybe like an hour or two hours long, but yeah. there's so much travel that you have to do in between all the different tutorial quests because all the different tutorials are essentially tied to members of your gang and you kind of go around and you see what each member is up to and then each member will teach you a different thing but they're all over the main section of of chapter two's map i don't know if chapter three takes you to a different part of the same map or you know like i don't know how it works there, but yeah there's another area on different the physical part of the map. Same map yeah because there does seem to be a lot of the map that i haven't found yet so i'm sure that we just kind of move along at some point but right um yeah it just it seems like right now like you said you've played about six hours i think i'm probably about like 10 hours in or so and i don't feel like i've really done 10 hours of playing the game mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I feel like I've done maybe two to three hours of actual quest content and probably like seven hours of just riding around on my horse getting from one thing to another. So I feel like um, it feels more full than mm. Zelda because obviously this was my big thing about um, Zelda Breath of the Wild was I felt that the world in between the quest hubs was really empty. Red Dead doesn't necessarily feel like that, but there's almost just too much world built between quest hubs you know like i if everything was just a little bit closer together i (laughs) feel like that like because people talk about how this is a 100 150 hour game i'm like but is it really is it really like if you're just riding your horse for 80 of those hours doesn't that kind of make this like a 70 hour game (laughs) I, i think like i think you're right and i think that uh part of the it is like this is the thing they have to make such a large game and i love that it's a big world i love that they tried to do that but i'm starting to unlock more parts of the map and stuff and there is i believe there is a fast travel but i'm just super concerned about leaving my horse behind because i'm pretty sure the the, the fast <laughs> and, travel I mean, maybe, is, the, uh, maybe the fast travel is something i just haven't unlocked yet and maybe it's one of those tutorials i, I it just was, haven't done i don't know it was a carriage system in the first one 
So like mm. you just approached and I tried that. So I got stuck in town with, without my horse and I like oh. tried to go up to some people in carriages like, I think hey, you mister. Can just into, if you're in a town, you could just walk up to a stable and get your get a horse. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> just a, I was just say, well, you have to buy it. But I realized, no, wait, we're the bad guys. No, the... We could just steal the horse. Well, you uh, don't even have to steal it. It just like has a record of all the horses that you have. And then you can just like go into the like change my saddle part and back right out again and you walk you out of the stable horse. on your horse yeah. see that's not very realistic it doesn't make any no it doesn't make any realistic sense, i'm playing the thing that you can do <laughs> i'm playing super wild wild west you know like uh, my horse is left in the middle of the woods well it's coyote meat now boys that's dark uh <laughs> oh, man i named yeah. my first horse epona so like i guess i'm not really living up to the whole it's it's uh it's yeah that's realistic. not a very threatening cowboy horse name no wow she bites uh so watch out um no <laughs> i by your horse. No. i spent okay so i spent 450 dollars. i saved up all my money Oof. i got the super sweet horse Big from spender. the stables and then within oh man i don't even know it was probably about 20 minutes of gameplay there was this dude on the side of the road that was like oh my horse died can you give me a ride into town and i was like sure i'll give you a hand and he stole my horse oh what he stole <laughs> yes. your horse he stole my why horse why didn't you shoot him because he threw me onto the ground and by the time i got up because he like pulled me off of the horse and then jumped on and rode away what and where dick. i was he just like went up and over a hill and then so i'm chasing chasing after him on foot while he's riding away on my 450 dollar horse which is super fast by the way yeah well <laughs> and then yeah all of a sudden there's just a thing that pops up that's like your saddle is left in the road. I was like, God damn it, no. Brutal. And I had no saves with my super awesome horse. The autosave was the guy throwing the saddle off my horse. The autosave is is very punishing. Uh, I got... So punishing. When I, uh, when I first got into Valentine, this is going to make me sound terrible, but I swear it was a mistake. I'm only telling this story because I feel as though it, I should just tell the story. Uh, but I'm not a terrible person. So I walk in. I'm still learning the controls. By the way, the controls are a hot mess. It's like... I was... Yeah, I was going to bring that up when you talked about a mistake that you made. Because <laughs> I feel like I've made so, so many mistakes. Because the controls in this game are all over the map. It's like... Uh, it's like you're pay playing Cat's Cradle with your controller. And you're just like... <laughs> there's just a lot of combinations, remember? And, and once you do get them down, it is... It's like, okay, that makes sense. They're doing a lot with one controller with so many buttons and and the thing is yes i get it if you were to put wow on a control on a console you'd have to do the same thing you'd have to have all yeah. these different combinations so i'm in I valentine the, go ahead the thing that i think bugs me the most about the controls is mm -hmm. that when you're in like let's say for sake of argument the horse menu so you focused in on your horse and there's like seven things that you can do with your horse right some of the things in that menu are even though the buttons aren't repeated some of them are tap and some of them are like hold. Yeah. So sometimes I like do things I don't mean to do or don't complete the action that I want to complete because I think it's a tap when it's a hold or vice versa, whatever. And I'm just like, I'm in a menu already. Can't we just make all these buttons tap? <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I having to hold these buttons? And so, it's kind of hard to tell what's contextual, like what's a tap and yeah, what's a hold. And, and what's a tap and what's a hold for sure. Yeah. It, it becomes muscle memory eventually. And I do like the systems of like your horse gets dirty. So you have to kind of, you know, brush it and uh, and kind of keep it happy and fed. And it makes sense. Like you're riding this mm -hmm. thing around. 
Um, but, but the contrast of that in GTA, if you had to fill every car up with gas, that would not be fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that's mundane, you know, like not everybody yeah. owns horses and, and gets to brush them every day. So I kind of like that. Um, but for me, I was walking into Valentine and it was maybe my first or second time in town. And I wanted to check out some of the icons because that's my biggest thing mm. as well in camp. Like there's a bunch of grayed out icons with exclamation points. And it's like, yeah, you know, your camp will be unhappy if some things aren't kept up. So I can't seem to get those uh, to change. I think maybe I have to progress through the story. But Oh, one thing that I hmm. did, I just found was um, I was looking, I was going into like every store ever and I was searching houses and all kinds of stuff because I was looking for, in order to start upgrading things, my uh, my upgrade dude was like, I need um, leather working tools. Yes. So I was looking those? everywhere for leather working tools and I finally found it because um, I didn't really understand how the camp donation thing works. Right. So I don't know if you've been doing it. They they point you to it as soon as you make your first camp in chapter two. They point you to like the donation box. So I've been donating all kinds of stuff there. And it was telling me I had like hundreds of dollars because anytime I found anything that was like a um, like a pocket watch or a ring or a necklace or earrings or whatever, like jewelry, all that kind of stuff, I was donating straight to the camp when I like I would do, I did a bounty that was worth 50 bucks. So I threw that $50 right into the donation mm -hmm. thing. Like I was like, there's got to be at some point once I hit a certain level, my camp has to like me. I, I thought it was the story progression thing. I thought yeah. once we got enough money that our camp would up and move. So that might still be the case. I don't know. But for right now, anyway, so I had this this my camp had a crap ton of money and I was like, I don't understand what any of this is. And I came back one night and they were having a party and basically everything was disabled. And so I was walking around and I was like, oh, this is still enabled. What's this? And it was the ledger. And it showed all of everything that I had donated to my camp. It's literally right next to the donation box. But I never noticed that you could actually interact with it before. It was just because everything else in the camp was disabled. So I was like, oh, there's an icon here. So there's a ledger that shows everything that you've donated. And then if you keep flipping the pages, that's where all your camp upgrades are. Hmm. So you use the camp funds to then upgrade things. And leatherworking tools are one of the upgrades. Oh, OK. Well, I got to yeah. look at that right after this. Because, I, I... <laughs> yeah, no, I was doing that. I was I went into every store that I found. I was like going into everybody's sheds and stuff and walking up to their tool benches. And I was like, where are leatherworking tools? Please hmm. help me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I need to find that. camp upgrade. FYI. I'll have to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was walking through Valentine and it was about an hour in. And I was trying to find the controls. And, and it is wonky because it's like, I thought circle was interact. But like all the interactions <laughs> are... I can see where this is going, you guys. Oh, but it's so much worse. I, I feel terrible <laughs> for what I did. And I deserved what I got. But anyways... You have to hold the the trigger. Like you eventually learn that the safest way to approach people is to hold L two. Do not touch R two. Don't even go near it because that <laughs> is the shoot the button button or shoot the gun button. Uh, hold L two and then you can kind of you know interact with people. So uh, there was a dog and I was trying to pet the dog. <laughs> oh no! And I accidentally oh kicked the dog, and I felt so bad. And uh, you know, up in the top right, like, oh, you're wanted for animal cruelty. Like, yeah, definitely. I feel that. Uh, I deserve this. Take I me was in. Very cruel. Yeah, I accidentally, and I felt so bad, and I, I tried, to, tried to go after the dog and be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so then, 
Then like I got... probably thought you were gonna kick him in the face again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I'm like running after the dog, and then I go into town further, and then like three or four people like they take animal crew. They should. They should take it very se- seriously, but they take it very seriously in Valentine. <laughs> so we start the shootout. <laughs> The dog was fine, by the way. I did eventually check on it, and and I felt terrible. But we get in this shootout. Shut up! The whole entire town. Oh, I I died. I I killed a few. I went down swinging. I killed a few people, Um, (laughs) and then I died. And luckily, you're a terrible person. I that's bad even for a cowboy. I know. I know. It was an outlaw. Not even a cowboy. An outlaw. It was an accident. I I regret my decision or my my my. The continued accidental path. button press? Yeah, no, that was accidental. Everything else was, I was of sound mind. You and... know that it has a similar mechanic to GTA, right? That, like, when you get wanted for something, if you just run away, then they'll stop looking for you well, and it's done? But this, no, no, this is the thing, is that they will, uh, they will chase, at, they won't chase after you forever, but if you try to go back to town, the lawmen don't forget your bounty. I had a bounty right, on my head. but then you can just go to any other post office and, and pay, pay it, it. You don't yeah there i didn't are have many, any money post office. oh <laughs> so what happened was when i got killed uh they they took some of my money and then i went to pay it and the lawman came after me again and i i killed some more people and then they were like well your bounty's now like 50 bucks because you 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 just keep doing things because <laughs> you shot everyone in and luckily this isn't skyrim like when you kill people for the for it looks like it just respawns the important characters uh which is nice because because you might accidentally shoot people or you might try to defend yourself uh in the wild west so um i went in and and i actually surrendered to the sheriff thinking like okay this is the best way to come clean i i I surrender and i go in and i surrender and uh, all my money is taken um uh, rightfully so like you you committed a, a heinous crime many murders <laughs> yeah and uh and ever since then every time i get in a crime i'm like well geez now i gotta go make money how do i make money i do crime this is like <laughs> this is the worst reoccurring nightmare ever um but the law system's interesting it, it, it works quite well and you're in the law will chase you in specific um areas so if you are wanted in valentine and you're in a different town like they won't they won't come after you there from what i've been able yeah, to yeah they don't have they don't have cell phones so no they have trains and wires <laughs> they and, don't, and such they don't know what you've done uh no. but what i did notice which is kind of interesting because i'm someone who doesn't want to leave anything behind wants to just loot everything um you can't stick around and loot indefinitely if there is a crime so i've had multiple shootouts with other outlaw gangs and stuff like that and obviously i win because i'm like super badass but whatevs um Mm. but yeah so then there are like 20 bodies laying around waiting to be looted and i started looting them and then all of a sudden i had like four sheriff dudes all around me and i was like what what's happening oh my god yeah that (laughs) happened to me too yeah they don't, uh, yeah, they don't give you unlimited time to just loot. You have to kind of pick and choose if you want to loot the people or loot the area, but you have to get out pretty quickly. It's it's punishing. Yeah, the first, uh, there was one mission where you do, um, you, you, you have a, you, you find the enemy and you, you perform a shootout and that's where I, I was looting and then all, I didn't think any of anything of it, but then when you think yeah. about it, like eventually someone's going to come, come run around yeah. with all that guns shots. There was literally like 
30 people shooting at each other for a yeah. sustained amount of time. I'm like, not, somebody's going to report that. <laughs> I'm not good at being a bad guy. I'm not good at being <laughs> any kind of outlaw. Per- I would not survive in the Wild West. It would be a, no. it would be a very bad time. Um, I, oh, my favorite mission so far, I, I, I mean, I won't go into spoilers here, but did you do the mission with Lenny in the bar? Um, it's pretty early I, on. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's this, so I want to say to people, like, I don't want to spoil it, but in that bar mission, it was, it's just, it's kind of a prolonged cutscene um, with, with some options as you're stumbling around the bar to, to find your friend Lenny. And it just kind of progresses from there. And there's a moment where you're in this bar and um, if you go up the stairs and try to enter the rooms, <laughs> you will find uh, someone doing something. And then there's a different part in that. In that, uh, when you play it, you'll understand everybody. Just just go back into the room. You're not a prude. It'll be worth the uh, the yeah. reward for going back in there <laughs> because. Uh, oh man, I didn't go into the rooms upstairs. No, you man. you definitely see some funny stuff, uh, especially on the second time in once you're really drunk. So uh, uh, this is the thing <laughs> I can about imagine. this. Yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> this is the thing about this game is that it's. I was worried that it was going to be super serious, and the first one wasn't. You know. 100% serious uh but this one it just the way people have been billing it it sounded like oh the the most realistic true to nature wild west game and and that is the case uh you have to eat things to survive but in this like there's still some humor in there and it's it's a nice balance and i i, I particularly i like the dialogue uh you know when you're going to missions and you're talking to some characters some are more entertaining than others but uh some of those long rides are are well worth it with 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 characters alongside you as they have those with characters i agree and i feel like that's what is missing on some of the missions and why the travel seems to take so long Mm -hmm. when you have missions that you're following somebody that travel goes by a whole lot faster because you're finding out information they're actively talking to you and you can ask them questions as you're riding and then once it gets to the point Mm -hmm. where there is nothing else for them to tell you then it goes into cinematic mode and you just kind of ride until you get to the point that you're supposed to. And I think that's one thing that I do really like and I find is really seamless in Red Dead Redemption 2 is that when you ride up to the point where you're supposed to do something, where a quest is starting, you don't have to like find a spot to hitch your horse and and walk over. and It kind of seamlessly takes you to a point where it will dismount you itself. And then mm-hmm. you go into this like mini cutscene, like say you need to go hide on a ledge or something. It will just walk you over there as your friends are talking to you and you'll just lay down and you don't have to, because as we talked about, some of the controls are really clunky. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that they take some of those transition periods and just do it for you while explaining the next step of the quest. So I, I like that a lot that you don't have to, you just kind of get into the area where the quest is happening and then the camera angle switches a little bit, you dismount and it gets you to where you need to be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, every time I sit down with this game, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I enjoy being in the world and, and I was worried that I would feel overwhelmed, but, but really I, I don't yet. Like I kind of just feel like I can do what I want. There's no, there's no clock in the background pushing me towards a specific objective. Um, especially once you get out of the first chapter, you kind of feel like you're more, mm-hmm. you're able to do what you would like to do. And you know, I like going into town. I like going to the saloon and 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 kind of just hanging out. And I like 
you know, walking down the street. I haven't done a duel yet. That's one thing I haven't done yet. Um, oh, I've done a duel. I've yeah. done a duel. I actually, actually, one of the missions, one of the people that you have to go and find is mm-hmm. basically in the middle of a poker match, but he's way too drunk to be playing. I don't know if you did oh, this Oh, I did yet. that one, yeah. Yeah, and so I sat down. I said, you know, I'll, I'll take his place, whatever, you know, get out of here, character. I'll take his place at the poker table. And I didn't realize that you can actually just sit down and play poker in that game. Yeah. I probably sat there and played poker for like half an hour before because I, I, I really like Texas Holder. <laughs> You're waiting for I like always have. And I was waiting for maybe something to happen slash I was playing poker and I was winning. So I was mm-hmm. just sitting there and then finally I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just spent 30 minutes playing poker. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, And so there are these like little immersive moments in the game where you can go and, and do other things. So you, I, I like that you were hanging out in the saloon and sex i think the saloon is another place you can sit and play poker so yeah it's just relaxing honestly i didn't think this game would be relaxing but it is like just kind of like cinematic mode and 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 riding your horse to where you need to go and and the way you like bond with your horse and it unlocks you know new maneuvers for the game uh it's just uh it's a solid i mean you've heard it everywhere else but it's a it's a solid game and i don't think it's for everyone i think there's probably a a group of folks out there who don't want to you know gets get sunk into this this very specific open world game uh because it is big i don't anticipate huge, yeah. i'm going to be able to finish it but i i feel like i'm going to get a good chunk of fun out of it and i um, am i'm very interested in the story the story mm-hmm. kind of sucked me in really quick because basically where the game starts is you're with your gang you're riding through the mountains it's snowy in the middle of may and you're not expecting it and basically you're on the run because you've just had a big job go wrong and yeah. it takes you a while to figure out exactly what the job was and what you were trying to do but there's like all these little hints dropped. And so it kind of like drops you in right in the middle of the action. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. And it, it, the story grabbed me right away. And I wanted to know more about these characters that I had to go rescue and, and what had happened and whose fault it was. And, you know, the, it just it grabs you right away. And I think it's a really good thing that they did that, because if they had just say started you when you first joined the gang and you just established your camp or whatever then that'd be kind of boring but they they really grab you right away with the story and and make you want to know more so um one last question very important uh facial hair what are you doing with morgan's you know face there are you like i did mustache i'm trying to get the biggest baddest mustache i can <laughs> so i know i i am so I am not a big fan of facial hair. I like the the little bit of scruff at most. So I am <laughs> I'm keeping my cowboy true to how I like my men, <laughs> and yeah. I am keeping him at a level two shave all over. That's it. <laughs> oh, see, it's uh, it's interesting because I was playing and, and Ashley walked in and I showed her the game. So like, what do you think? Isn't this beautiful? And then camera pans around. And it's like, oh, this is really nice. Shows the character just a big, just a big mustache, <laughs> and she's just like, no, this game looks terrible. <laughs> Uh, she is not a fan. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about a big, like, I'm a cowboy, you know, like, uh, yeah. just a mustache, you know? Yeah. None of that mutton chop stuff. I just want to kind of punch it off people's faces in the game. But, uh, like a mustache. Just a big old mustache. Just a big old oh. mustache. <laughs> you, just, you can be such more pleasant in the Wild West when you have a mustache. It's yeah. It's harder to trust people with, like, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I like the mustache. That's all. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, 
wanted to remind everybody that if you like the show and you like what we do, you can go over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. You can also join up with our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That's where we're going to be pulling people this uh, weekend when we do our extra live stream. Mm-hmm. So make sure you guys have joined the Discord ahead of time just to make it easier to, to kind of hop in, hop out of this live stream. Uh, also, we have a patron ad this week from Simon who says, Weekly News Dash is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at Weekly News. That brings us to our topic of the week this week, which is BlizzCon 2018. I have just returned Mm -hmm. and I am super stoked to talk about this with you, Ryan, because I know you didn't um, didn't pay that much attention to it at the time because you were busy this weekend. We talked about earlier, but um, have you had a chance now to catch up with all of the announcements from BlizzCon? I have. I did. Uh, I've caught up on all all the announcements across all the franchises, and uh, once again, I think Blizzard, you know, kind of, uh, you know, announced as much as they could across every franchise that they could. And obviously, there are elephants in the room. We mentioned BlizzCon mm-hmm. 2018. The fact that Train killed it. Uh, <laughs> I did not watch Train. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they did fine. Yeah, something about Jupiter, but uh, I think that uh, yeah, it, all in all, it's like it's it was a it was an okay BlizzCon for announcements. Personally, it was a very it was a very quiet BlizzCon. I will say, from yeah. an announcement point of view, like the last few BlizzCons that I've attended, I mean, there was the Overwatch announcement, which was obviously huge because yeah. it was the first franchise in twenty years or something like that, and um, it was just really really and fun in a lot of previous years and games were expanding and it feels like this year it was not a wow expansion year Mm -hmm. Uh, that'll be next year so because there was no wow expansion and a lot of the other games seem to be in maintenance mode Mm -hmm. it was kind of quiet from the from the announcement kind of standpoint so yeah i got like i don't want to say the bare bare minimum from some games but it really did feel like you know Heroes announced a new hero. Overwatch announced a new hero. Um, you know, Hearthstone announced a new expansion. Those are kind of what we would expect out of them yeah. and nothing else. So Starcraft got a new co-op. Starcraft uh, got the new co-op guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Is it Zeratul? I think it's Zeratul. I think it's Zeratul. The, the biggest thing for me and, and Hachikumo nailed it in the chat room. The biggest thing for me is the fact that they're doing a uh, not just a remaster, not just an HD version, but a re they call it the reforged Warcraft three reforged and Warcraft three to me was the first, it was the first game that showed me that like, Oh, this is PC gaming. Like this is, this is why I want to pursue playing games on a PC. It's the first game I ever really got into on, on PC. And I had played Starcraft before, but like, you know, everyone is going to get all up in arms about what we'll eventually talk about. Like I played Starcraft on the N64. Yes, I know. Please don't hurt me. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, Warcraft three reforged, like it looks, it looks great. Um, it's not what I would expect from a Warcraft four or a Starcraft three. It's not at that level, but it's a decent enough um, upgrade more than they, than they probably should have or needed to from a game that came out almost, I think 16 years ago, they said, uh, but the fact that they're kind of going in there, updating all the cinematics, and uh, you know, I, I even read their characters and yeah, yeah, the character models look fantastic. They have fingers now. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other thing I read that they're actually going to be kind of retconning the story a little bit to to address 
some of the WoW stuff, you know, putting more light behind, um, you know, Sylvanas and Arthas and Jaina and kind of building into that. That's what I had read, but I mean, who knows? They might, they might actually, um, they might just keep it the way it is, but it, it looks really cool. I'm excited about it. Uh, unlike Starcraft, uh, classic remastered I, I didn't end up picking that one up but man warcraft 3 was my my bread and butter on uh on pc back in the day and i cannot See, wait to play it i have never played it i mm-hmm. watched a playthrough of warcraft 3 by um husky uh sure. because he stopped doing starcraft videos and started doing let's plays and one of the ones he did was uh, warcraft 3 so cool. i i have seen the story all the way through from his videos but i've never actually played it so i'm super excited to get probably end up streaming this um yeah because it seems really cool and i and i like rts's and i like the warcraft 3 story so i'm super stoked for this and and i think it was probably the biggest announcement that no one was expecting because they really didn't hype it up or anything Mm -hmm. ahead of blizzcon which is kind of why i think the Diablo announcement went over so poorly is because Diablo seemed to have more of a presence at this BlizzCon in all of the things leading up to BlizzCon than it had in previous years. And it's been like four years without a significant Diablo announcement. They announced the Necromancer for Diablo 3, but that was the last kind of big thing, air quotes. Yeah. And... It's it's kind of funny because there was such a big long wait between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. It was what like 12 years or something. Mm-hmm. But for some reason Diablo fans they haven't heard anything or like I said about like 4 years I think and they're ready for something new. It's like everyone forgot how long the wait was <laughs> between 2 and 3. Yeah. I'm just I'm surprised that they that the community was expecting Diablo 4 to be announced this what I feel like is early. I would expect maybe another expansion for Diablo 3 before I would expect a Diablo 4, but anyways, that was the expectation and mm-hmm. everyone thought that yeah, Diablo was going to get this big announcement and then so when they did announce the mobile game Diablo Immortal, people were not happy at all. And you're right. I think the Warcraft three was the biggest announcement to come out of BlizzCon. I mm-hmm. think that was really cool. And also kind of telling that a, that a reforged version of an old game was the biggest thing to come out of BlizzCon this year. But yeah, yeah. Um, the, the actual Diablo announcement went over really badly. <laughs> I watched, like I watched, uh, I did not catch the opening ceremony, but I did catch the, uh, the Diablo was, announcement at the end. Yeah, I, I was not in the main hall for the... I went to the Hearthstone stage mm-hmm. because they, last year, did this, like, simulcast thing across multiple stages. Oh, and when it right. got to the Hearthstone announcement time, they had Brode come out on the Hearthstone stream. They threw it over to him, and they've been throwing it over to Jeff Kaplan at the Overwatch stage. So I was like, I'll go to the Hearthstone stage. I'll see the Hearthstone announcement in person. And then... I'm, unfortunately they were having mic issues so we in the hearthstone stage could hear the hearthstone announcement we could hear ben as he was talking uh ben thompson not road road doesn't there anymore but like, ben thompson we could hear ben talking but uh no one else anywhere else at blizzcon or on the stream could hear him so then jeff kaplan from overwatch just came on and we're like why is he talking over ben what's happening right now like where's our hearthstone announcement so anyways yeah i wasn't in the main hall for the opening ceremonies but I heard that when they announced Diablo Immortal, that the whole crowd, it was just booze everywhere. Oh. And I was like, 
yeah like wow i don't think it came across on the virtual ticket thankfully like i don't think the mics picked it up but the, it's yeah. weird like i okay like when i watched the opening ceremony it was this it was a it was a cg trailer right for diablo immortal Mm-hmm. or and um watching that trailer was like this looks really good but it's a cg trailer it's not representative of the of the final product and y- you could easily have mistaken it for your favorite your in mind diablo project right and seeing that and then seeing the logos at the end of mobile like that's that's the easiest way to to set off a, a very uh passionate is a word people keep using but after this weekend this past weekend, I wouldn't call it passion anymore. I would call it a different word. Uh, I, I, it's just it's not passion when you're yelling at your you're booing your favorite company. Like people are entitled is the word you're looking for, Ryan. Right. Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm fine with people not wanting a Diablo mobile game, but what I'm not fine with is uh, some of the stuff that's been coming out with with people like going up to the Q and A and saying like, "Is this a a late April Fool's joke?" And I just thought like, man, like. It takes hundreds of people to make video games now, and mobile games are no joke. It's still a big team, and you just ask well, your favorite developer uh, if the if their project they've been working on for years. Yeah, it's just it's like, and I mean they shouldn't have doubled down and and kind of joked back like that's that's a great way to to get called into your boss's office, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I think well, maybe but like I, said, I mean they were getting booed I think somebody threw a water bottle at them or something like it was it was not a good scene at the Diablo what's next panel and it's it's really unfortunate mm-hmm. because I mean I've seen people the same people in the same breath complain that it's a reskinned version of the, the company's other games as well as complaining that it's taking away dev time from Diablo 4 and I'm like it can't be both like be no. mad that it's a reskinned game or be mad that it's taking dev time but it's you can't be mad about both things because it's either a reskin or taking too much dev time like and here here's <laughs> the thing i don't understand and maybe you can help me with this uh you're you're closer to the the blizzard you know uh like not not necessarily the diablo team or any specific team but you you're closer to that company uh and you kind of you might understand it a bit better but like i don't understand people who uh, and I'm not naive. Don't don't get me wrong here, but I don't understand people who read between the lines, make assumptions, and then take those assumptions as fact. Like there's no evidence to report that this is a reskinned version of an old game. It looks a lot like the game that that company had made that was based off of Diablo. But guys, Diablo three looks a hell of a lot like Diablo two. It's not a reskin. You know, mm-hmm. you can take design from an old game and create a new version with that design in mind it's and it's better yeah and aren't they just creating they're creating diablo on on phones like i saw some of the combat it looks it looks to me like a I, I new played diablo the game. game oh you played it so it's like fun. i did i played the great. demo at blizzcon and it was it was a really really fun game and my thing about this is i think that announcing diablo immortal at blizzcon was a huge mistake because you have your most hardcore let's be honest, richest fans who are able to actually afford the PCs to play your games as well as the tickets to your conference because it's not cheap to go to a to a BlizzCon, even if you fact don't factor in hotels and like if you yeah. assume you live in Anaheim, it's still super expensive to walk through those doors. It so is, I mean, yeah. these are your most hardcore, richest fans who are 
a PC only audience for the most part. The fact that they just ported Diablo 3 over to the Switch is probably as mobile as most of your fans get. And even then, Nintendo Switches, shockingly, not cheap. So I think it was the wrong audience for the announcement. I think if hmm. they'd done that announcement at, say, like a Gamescom, it might have gone over a little bit better. Yeah. But because they chose to announce it at BlizzCon, it did not go over well. And I think that was a gigantic mistake. So from a well, PR marketing yeah. perspective, it was a mistake. But I don't think it's a mistake to make the game. I don't think it's a mistake to give it to NetEase. And I don't think that it's a bad game at all. It's super fun, guys. Hmm. Diablo Immortal is super fun. And the biggest point for me is that I don't like Diablo. I don't play Diablo. Diablo's not even installed on my computer right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play Diablo Immortal. And I think there that people who are hardcore Diablo PC fans are underestimating the fact that this is now going to reach a much, much mm -hmm. larger audience because there's a whole big wide world out there and Blizzard attempted to, but again, wrong audience, wrong time, but they attempted to get across the amount of people who are actually mobile gamers now and that they want to reach out to a mobile audience. And there is this like stigma around mobile gamers and versus PC gamers with, you know, PC gamers just shrugging off mobile as if it doesn't matter or if it's somehow lesser. And mm. it's not, it's different. Diablo Immortal is not Candy Crush with like Diablo faces. Like oh, Diablo Immortal is like you run around and you kill things and you there's sh 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 loots like it sure. it feels to me like a Diablo game and it's super fun it's... <laughs> and it's going to bring Diablo to a new audience. Yeah, it, there's going to be more Diablo Immortal players than there were players of Diablo if you combine the audiences of Diablo, Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 all together. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, there, there will be a lot of people that play this game, and and you know next week when something else happens, people will have let this go. This is Blizzard's <laughs> time in the in the limelight to to take the 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 licks on this one. But I think that you're right. It's a bit tone deaf to close out your opening ceremony with Diablo Immortal. If I were them, I would have I would have I would have laid in with the. Uh, with the temper expectations and say like, yeah, we're not actually announcing anything Diablo this, we're just not ready, you know, or pull the immortal, save it for packs and then just talk about Diablo four or whatever the next Diablo project is. But well, and, that, and that's the other thing that people were saying was like, basically what they did at the end of the Warcraft panel, the what's next panel is we got information about uh, 8.1, 8.15, 8.2. And then mm. we're right at the very end. We basically got a screenshot from the Ajara Warbringers video that was like all black just with the Nazoth fish and it was like 8.3 and that like teaser image and everyone was like, whoa, Nazoth's actually coming in Battle yeah. for Azeroth, yay. Like, And if they had just like thrown up at the end of the Diablo portion of the opening ceremonies or even at the end of the Diablo What's Next panel, either one of those, although I mean... And I mean, chat room right now is throwing Blizzard under the bus, which is just, I'm sorry, guys, you weren't there. You're wrong. Um, the amount of like hate that was thrown at those developers from the crowd was unacceptable. And I'm not just talking about the guys who got in front of the mic for the q and I am talking about the way that the crowd was acting. Hmm. 
Hmm. You're saying that they shouldn't have thrown a jab back at the crowd. I'm impressed that we even got a Diablo What's Next panel because the crowd was toxic. I have never seen, like, I, it was so bad that hmm. I didn't want to be there. I left. I felt unsafe. Like, it was, wow. like, I, I cannot believe the way that people acted at BlizzCon. So I'm sorry, chat room, but you're just wrong. <laughs> like, the fact that they, all they did was jab back and say, you don't have phones. That, that's, yeah, that's I'm surprised a, they stayed on the stage. I'm surprised they actually went through with a what's next panel. So I, I didn't sorry. catch the panel. Uh, I, I saw the just, snippet, but yeah, what I was going to say was hmm. if at the end of the what's next panel or if at the end of the opening ceremonies probably would have been a better place to temper some of the anger. But if they had thrown up like a Diablo four logo, that's all they would have had to do. Like, don't even give any information. Just be like. But, Diablo 4. <laughs> but here's the thing I don't understand. Like we know a, a big Diablo project's on the horizon. They've pretty much yeah. confirmed it they have, slyly right? before. Now yeah, pretty much straight up. I think we talked up. about the blog post in episode 344, didn't we? Yeah, we talked about the blog post, but like the the thing is like um you know, you go to BlizzCon to try things before they're out. Diablo 4 or whatever the big Diablo project is clearly isn't ready to see light of day Mm -hmm. that's what they like to do i think they they confirmed that maybe three or four blizzcons ago where they said like if we're bringing something to blizzcon we don't want it to be a trailer that you can't you know that you can't experience yourself we want you to be able to experience and i think everything they showed for the most part in that opening ceremony was available to play on the show floor Mm -hmm. and that's the point of blizzcon and you know i i see all the sides of the story i i think everybody kind of was in the wrong like a little bit like blizzards you know yeah it's kind of tone deaf to to end of a, a very you know but it's their conference right like they didn't probably expect to be this you know booed off the stage and and that was really just sad and depressing like it made me want to like kind of just turn off any blizzcon news because it's like it's like man this is all people are talking about um and i'm sure when that game comes out it's gonna be it's gonna be great and it's made in partnership well, yeah, with Blizzard no. and NetEase, right? Like it's not just exactly, NetEase. yeah. It's a, no, it's it is. It's a it's a partnership with Blizzard. So mm-hmm. NetEase is the developer behind it, which is why I think all of the arguments saying that it's taking up Diablo dev time, oh, it's it's like people refuse to acknowledge how video games are made, and it's because I see this all the time. Like Hearthstone will put out a new little cinematic, and they're like oh, why are you working on cinematics instead of giving us tournament mode? I'm like, the people that make cinematics are not the people that are coding tournament mode, you guys. Like, this kind of, these kind of comments just drive me nuts. And so it's a partnership between Blizzard and NetEase. NetEase has been partnered with Blizzard on various projects, including a lot of stuff for Hearthstone over in China. Hmm. Um, They have been partnered with Blizzard for, I think they said 10 years, but uh, I know of NetEase from, from their involvement in Hearthstone. And they have built a lot of really cool tools for Hearthstone over in China that I wish the rest of the world had access to. Like, mm-hmm. I wish Blizzard would partner more closely with Nettie's. So, again, like, I, I feel like Diablo Immortal was really fun to play. It felt fairly smooth considering it was, like, an early demo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fun to play, and I thought it was great. And it's going to... I think they and they did confirm that there are going because this was this is the other argument I saw is that it's going to be pay to win. But they confirmed that the only things that they're ever that there will be microtransactions, but the only thing they're going to microtransactions are cosmetic. Hmm. 
-hmm. So even when they come out with other classes in the future, they're just going to be baked into the game. So you're not even going to have to buy other classes when they're released. I don't even understand that argument because we all, I mean, you'd be crazy to not, not look at the next Diablo and say like, yeah, that's going to be a free to play game with microtransactions at the wazoo. Like this is blizzard. Like that's, that's their new product model. That's the model. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, Hey, if I'm wrong, about the next big Diablo project and it is a, a purchased game and, and it is Diablo four, uh, then yeah, I'm, I color me impressed with blizzard. They, they kind of, they kind of went against the grain of, of where they're headed. Uh, and, and Diablo immortal, like I looked at that trailer and then I watched the gameplay and I'm like, yeah, I'll play that. I'll, it looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And not once did I think, and again, like maybe because I'm not, you know, a passionate Diablo fan or, or the E word as you used, um, you know, the entitled, (laughs) but I, uh, I looked at Diablo Immortal and my first thought wasn't, oh man, this, yeah, Diablo 4. No, I thought this looks like a great Diablo game because guys, I, I like mobile games. I wish they made more great mobile games. You know how hard it is to find a great mobile game? Yeah, this looks like a great mobile game. And I think, I Mm. mean, Blizzard has never put out something super half-assed and not listen to the community and just put something out to make money that's not blizzard it just isn't and i mean we've been critical of blizzard i've been critical of blizzard on other shows that i do but when it really comes down to it i mean the comment that's been made about blizzard for a really long time is that blizzard alphas and blizzard's betas are better than some people's full release games like Mm -hmm. I think that this game is going to be really fun. And like I said, it's a partnership. It's the NetEase devs with the Blizzard kind of backing and official licensing of Diablo. So I have no worries about this. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to help fund and show that there's still interest in Diablo because right now there's not that many people still playing Diablo 3. So this is going to show Blizzard and be almost like a, a, not necessarily a proof of concept, but like a proof of interest, a a measure of demand for the Diablo franchise. So like mm-hmm. you, all your Diablo fans out there, all you Diablo PC players, you better pray that Diablo Immortal does well, because if Diablo Immortal flops, Blizzard might abandon the franchise. I mean, they, they certainly have a lot of teams doing a lot of things, and I'm sure freeing up devs is something. I read an article today that 50% of Blizzard projects aren't don't see the light of day. You know, with those yeah. with that incubator in there, I'm sure it inflates the numbers a bit. But um, I think that you look at what other devs are doing, uh, like major publishers like Nintendo, where they're doing mobile apps and mobile games, like to bolster their main line. Um, this is the new the new norm. It's a new platform to take advantage of. Blizzard is not a PC company. They are platform agnostic. They will go where the money is. You know yeah. the reason Diablo three exists on the Switch. Hey, it's because the Switch is selling. There's a reason Diablo three wasn't on the Wii U. You know it made no well, business sense. Do you know what? how fast those they had uh, like Diablo branded Nintendo Switch consoles at the show right and those diablo 3 switches sold out in like i don't even know how fast but i looked at doing like my blink shopping at like noon on the first day and they were already sold out i was like wow (laughs) that's so i mean insane yeah like the uh, selling it on different platforms the more platforms that we have diablo on i think the better but i think we've also 
talked about this to death. Let's move yeah, on talk about some of the other stuff. It's, it's obviously the big it's the big controversy from the con. Sure. I don't agree with a lot of the hate. I played the game. I thought it was fun. And I think that there's something new coming down the pipeline at some point, and yeah. that we'll probably hear about it at next BlizzCon, let's be honest. So yeah. I think uh, you guys should maybe give Diablo Immortal a shot when it comes out, because it, it was it was pretty fun. I can't um, wait to try it. The other stuff that was announced, um, I don't really play Overwatch, so I'm not super stoked, but Ash was... Um, announced for overwatch she looks kind of cool she you can like shoot the ground and make her jump up like Junkrat's little mind makes him jump up so yeah, that was neat um not to mention her ultimate is to call down a like robot bob who's awesome so yeah. bob do something uh, yeah bob do something was uh seems really cool uh so yeah that was kind of the overwatch announcement again it was it was kind of a quiet year overall heroes mm-hmm. of the storm got Orphea, which the interesting part about her is she's the first ever heroes of the storm original character yeah, she's the daughter. How do you feel about this, Ryan? She's yeah. Well, I don't know if she's actually the daughter, but she's definitely got some beef with the Raven Lord, who she... they've been trying to push for the last like six months. <laughs> yeah, she is the daughter of the Raven Lord. Okay. Uh, and personally, like, I think Blizzard's just a, a fantastic company in creating characters, and uh, to to have this entire team devoted to, you know, basically. Cop, not copying but adapting characters from other franchises they're you know i'm sure internally they're like they want to be creative and you see that in some of their maps with the raven lord like i think their first original six maps were all uh were, were all original sort of ideas right the, the nexus so the fact that years later we're finally getting an original hero with with orfia i think that's it's exciting i have not played her i've seen her cinematic and her gameplay overview she looks cool She's free if you have the virtual ticket or you went to BlizzCon, so she'll be she'll be waiting for you when she uh, unlocks in the Nexus. But it's an exciting time. I don't necessarily want to see them stop adapting other characters, uh, I, but I would like to see them kind of release original heroes quarterly, kind of like start building out that lore and um, because well, we don't get story a lot with with Blizzard anymore. So this is kind of neat. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the the hero's lore has never been all that strong. They kind of mm-hmm. tried to do some around events and comics and stuff, and I just I don't have a whole lot of interest in it Heroes feels, of the Storm. It feels kind of like lore, you, lore. I love the game. Oh yeah, yeah, the lore. But like I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna joke about the lore. It kind of feels like when you were a kid and you went to McDonald's and you got like the McDonald's comic books. And it was like the adventures of Grimace. It kind of, I'm not trying to demean it, but it kind of feels like that. Like the comics aren't like Overwatch where the story's front and center. It just feels like these comics are like, I'm sure they're great, but it just feels like the comics are, and the story they're trying to portray is just kind of like promotional items. I don't know. Well, yeah. And it, it is kind of weird, right? Because it, it feels is. like um, Overwatch, for example, um, had very much this... Um, already because it it ended up being not the game they thought it was going to be right so they had already Mm. built this bigger world and then kind of shifted gears partway through and made overwatch uh mechanically into the game that it is today but that meant cutting out a whole lot of the larger world of overwatch so they kind of already had this universe they already had this lore they had this idea of how things fit together and then they had this game with um somewhat simplistic mechanics in terms of like it was a it was a battleground attack defend game as opposed mm-hmm. to like a larger questing story game. That's that's what I mean, guys. Like, don't get all don't at me about 
Overwatch and and whatever. Um, my point is like they took it from a like open world questing story based game and and turned it into these like instances of attacking and defending and the mechanics are complicated and whatever and I'm on board with that but it had this larger world mm -hmm. already created so they had a lot to pull from and they kind of from the launch of the game were saying okay this is this character this is this backstory here like every couple of months we got some other piece of you know what happened with the omnic wars and you know mm -hmm. like who Widowmaker was and then all the stuff with Anna like it very much um was already fleshed out so they had a lot to work with Heroes of the Storm I feel like is the absolute opposite like when they first launched Heroes of the Storm you go in as Rainer and basically he jumps in and he's like where am I and they're like don't worry about it yeah <laughs> like, this is just a place called the Nexus and that's all you need to know <laughs> your guide wasn't even an original character it was Uther right it was so it's Uther like, yeah <laughs> I was here before you no one talked to me so yeah, just listen so kid. I'm not gonna tell you I'm just gonna tell you how it works yeah we like battle, the, and then we die and then we respawn and that's what happened the story Rainer. <laughs> is to it, like the story is to serve the per it's like Smash Brothers you know the original mm. story for Smash Brothers is like I don't know they're toys and they fight and then the next one, it's like, <laughs> there's still toys and they fight. And then the next one's like, I don't know, the master hand is like the symbolism for you not being able to play with your toys anymore because you grew up, you know, like, and then with Heroes <laughs> of the Storm, I think they're doing the same thing, but they're kind of blizzardifying it. Like there's this world that exists, the Nexus, and it just, it absorbs all other heroes. And uh, Orphea is like this long lost daughter. Like how come the Raven Lord never mentioned her until just now? Like what a terrible father. Um, yeah, and, like, and yeah. See, this is kind of I, I understand what you were saying earlier about just creatively. It's probably a good thing that they're doing this because mm -hmm. I can I feel like if I were one of the people in charge of creating heroes for Heroes of the Storm, those devs and I have no idea what the stats are like, guys, I'm just going by feel. But I feel like there's probably a pretty high turnover in that department because creatively as a developer, it's got to really suck to just keep adapting somebody else's work to then work in your game. Like yeah. when they say make diva, it's like they already know what she looks like. They already know what her base abilities should be. The only thing that they maybe get to do is like they gave her bunny hop. Like so they gave her a new cool ultimate because some of these characters need that one extra ability. And then yeah. If you're pulling from Warcraft, you've got to do the opposite. You have to shrink down all of their abilities from the bazillion things they can do into a kit of six things. And it just, I can see how that would get old and would be creatively stifling after a while. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're probably doing this to kind of help keep that creative juices flowing in the dev team. But I've got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed because I feel like they're, I come to Heroes of the Storm to to see like my favorite characters from all these different universes fight against each other. And mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. And there's a lot of cool dynamics there, but um, there's still so much to pull from. And I get that eventually they'd have to make original characters because, you know, we don't want to. And I think I said this on Twitter or in a discord or something, but like you don't ever want to get to the point where the new hero coming to the game is like orc, gr orc grunt number six. You know, <laughs> you want to make sure that you're always bringing compelling characters. But to that end, I mean, we have Warcraft characters, we have um, Starcraft characters, Diablo characters, and Overwatch characters, but we don't yet have Hearthstone characters. And that this is kind of my 
big sticking point and I really wish that they have them because Hearthstone has some really cool characters that are original to the world of Hearthstone. So mm-hmm. we had the whole Mean Streets of Gadgets and expansion where we had um, Aya Blackpaw and, you know, the Grimy Goons and the Jade Lotus and those kind of characters that they created in these gangs. But then you have like League of Explorers, you've got Reno Jackson, you've got Sir Mergleton, Sir Finley Mergleton. Mm-hmm. And then even if you don't look at any of the cards that they've created, even just the character of the innkeeper has been something that they teased at BlizzCon like four years ago. They had this big splash screen of all the characters that could possibly come to the Nexus. And the Hearthstone innkeeper was like this huge character on the left-hand side. And it was like oh my god we might get the innkeeper in heroes and how awesome would that be and they've never delivered on that teaser image and then so for them to you know after all these years still not bring any hearthstone characters into heroes of the storm and then move on to creating some individual like original content i feel like the hearthstone characters would almost be in a similar vein because the hearthstone characters especially if you go with someone like the innkeeper Mm -hmm. He literally has no abilities. You could make him into whatever you wanted. He is just like the king of the inn, the guy that serves you the beers. And, you know, there's so many ways that you could go with his character because he doesn't have even a card that would send you in a, in a direction. So I feel like you could be creative with these Hearthstone characters because even as a card, they might have one ability. So mm. you can you know like you can be creative and and all that kind of stuff and so it just makes me kind of sad that heroes is ignoring the fact that hearthstone exists and building original heroes when they have so much still to pull from specifically from the hearthstone universe well it it goes back to the fact that this is a a fan event it's a community event and when you show up with a with an original hero the fans of heroes of the storm like myself like like the people who are really interested in in seeing something new in heroes of the storm see just Orphea and like okay that's really cool but for someone who's a huge fan of wow uh and and loves those characters and tangentially will will jump into heroes of the storm to try them there uh, this doesn't do anything for anybody no that doesn't have an interest in here the storm right exactly yeah this doesn't pull from it and that's why i find it interesting that all Mm. we got was her and that we didn't get some new map that we didn't get another hero alongside her um I'm not 100% even sure how they could have announced anyone alongside her, but it would have been cool if they tried because like last year we got the Alex Straza and Hanzo announcement, which was really interesting because mm-hmm. they're both, you know, deal with dragons. Like they have human forms and dragon forms and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, that fit together and was yeah. a, it was a cool cinematic. And I don't know since Orfea is a original hero i don't know how you tie her in with anyone else unless they went with somebody super like she looks like she kind of has like purple voidy magic maybe you could have like had her open a void portal and you know somebody i don't even know i don't even know who well, but you, you somebody cool could have walked through the portal you, you know? connect her to whoever you want it's the nexus well right? I guess, like, uh... it's the nexus and she's uh, she's an original hero right so yeah. you can kind of take that anywhere you want to go so i was i was a little bit sad that um like, yeah, she could have literally opened a portal and gone, hey, Reinhardt, I need some backup, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that would have been an amazing, like, everyone would have lost their mind. And, and again, yeah. like, um, I think that, I think, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting move and kind of shows that it, this is a quiet year because mm-hmm. even with, 
even with Overwatch, there was an interview saying like, yeah, Ash wasn't even, you know, on their list to develop, but the cinematics team came up with, you know, this, uh, this Ash and Bob team for the, for the McCree cinematic. And they're like, well, we mm-hmm. need to create this character, um, yeah. in the game. And, and yeah, it, it's, uh, I was really hoping, you know, I like Overwatch. I really like the story. I really like the characters. I'm just not big into the, to the multiplayer, you know, shooter genre, I really would have loved to see them do more with that. Um, they kind of build like on it. It's kind of player. It's story. just getting kind of stale for me. But they're doubling down on the league, and I know it's popular. And Toronto now is a team, so yeah, that's that's kind of neat. But yeah, um, so we'll we'll cheer for Toronto. Yeah, it's our it's just like hockey. It's just like baseball. We don't really have an option. It's either that or we or we look to a to a team that's just way too far geographically. So uh, yeah. yeah, Toronto looks cool. I'm. I'm a I'm a fan of or watch. I know a lot of people love it, and and Ash does look interesting. But uh, yeah, quiet quiet year. But quiet year. I yeah. I really wish it would have been quiet across the board in the sense that it was just people appreciated that this major company is is coming out with all these great projects, and and I just man, Reddit was was hard to visit during that weekend. It was just all yeah. pe- all those videos, all those gifs, memes. It's just I feel so bad for uh, those devs. They work so hard on that stuff. It's just really depressing, that's all. Well, all we can do is just try to make our little corner of the internet yeah. as positive as possible. And I think the new Hearthstone expansion looks like it's going to be fun. I think Diablo Good. Mortal was fun. And, you know, I'm looking forward to getting into Heroes when people want to play Orfea. She's not my um, she's not my cup of tea because she's an assassin and I like oh. playing tanks. But I'm, I'm just, that's just people are gonna love playing with me because i'm not gonna want to play her so i'm the person that went to the heroes demo and rolled tank so someone else <laughs> could play as the new character because i'm like i don't really care i just i just want to tank so you just wanted to play heroes at <laughs> blizzcon I just play heroes. exactly exactly and yeah so i mean yeah overall it was it was still a fun year all the stuff around blizzcon was amazing mm. thank you guys who all came to our amu frog pants meetup on friday cool. night it was so great to meet everybody we had a really good time so yeah uh, seeing friends is really what blizzcon is about seeing friends meeting other fans um that whole experience so yeah thank you guys for making it a great blizzcon as always also shout out to all my get your crit together guild mates who made it out because nice. uh it was super cool actually getting to meet most of my raid team well not most of my but a big chunk of my raid team in person for the first time it was you really, take down really any fun, bosses so. while you were there no we did not take down any bosses unfortunately other than you know the keg boss well, we took we took that boss down pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, our our monk healer is actually a brewmaster in real life, so he lives in California and what? just came with a bunch of his beer kegs that he made for us. So it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Man, that's the trick is just have a brewmaster like a have literal a brewmaster, brewmaster on your raid team on exactly. your raid team and just keep him super happy. And the next time you're just happening to be in his neck of woods, it's like, all right, keg, please. Yeah, that's uh, I see the long game there and it is worth yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash gamersin and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and tell us how wrong we are about Diablo Immortal and Red Dead Redemption 2, please email us at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Here we go.
Okay, I think we're ready. Are we? Are you sure? Well, now that I see you've retweeted my tweet. All right, then. Therefore, completing the pact. <laughs> we have successfully summoned a show. Yay. <laughs> that was really weird.